0: Welcome to another Media Monsters Podcast. I'm Danny Galvez. I'm Jeremy Streifels, and we have an amazing guest here today. We sure do.
1: His name is None other
0: than the Drew B Wilson. Woo! AKA Andrew Wilson. According to Facebook and Meta. <laughs> um I, I got to tell you, this is this is going to be a great episode for many different reasons. Like, Drewby is a longtime friend and also um, a client of ours at Monumental Voice Media. And he's the founder of the Crushing the Day podcast and the book as well. He's written a book. He's got a book and a podcast for every single thing that he's done. He's also the meme lord, Closer Memes. He's the founder of that. If you do not know how to be funny, Drewby's got a whole course on it and it'll help you do it. Yeah, you can see it right there, Meme Lord. Um, And that's just a very, very small, small facet. He's a multi-million dollar producer for an organization called Apex, and he is probably one of the most prolific content creators to date that I know, second to people like Ryan Stuman and all the other popular people you can imagine on the internet. So with that said, Drewby, welcome to the show, man. We're glad you're here.
2: Well, thank you for having me, fellas. It's an honor and a blessing to be here with you, uh, to be among the media monster crew, just because I know you guys are freaking monsters in yourselves, man. You've been out here putting out great content, doing amazing things, and not just for yourself, uh, but for everyone that you work with. And really, I think that's the beautiful part about where we are in society today with the amount of different media platforms that exist. Is, If you're a human being that has a message and you want to get it out there and talk to people and tell them about it, there's no lack of options and resources to do so. What I love about you guys is that you're bringing that to the community so that folks who maybe are a little intimidated or a little nervous about getting out there to tell that story or being unsure of which platform is going to make the most sense for them. I appreciate that you guys have gone out and really educated the audience of listeners to say, hey. If you have this story, we're here to help you and point you in the right direction. And and man, I've seen some amazing stories come out from your camp and from the people you work with. And I'm blessed to be one of the members who gets to share some of my story and have you guys in the background helping me. So I appreciate the time to be here.
0: You know, Drewby, I got to tell you, like me meeting Jeremy and us forming a partnership wouldn't have happened had we not done all the things that we had learned in Apex and 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 now we're all three of us are here, and they're like seventeen points of connection just between the three of us. I know times a hundred easy, just with the people that we know, the people that we've helped, um the people that we've been helped by. It's transformative just how a very simple action can explode and i I wanna start like back so a little backstory. When I met Drewby, Drewby was living in Ohio, and I was living in East Texas. And and the point that we met was on on social media. We'd been like following each other for a little bit, and Drewby started doing some work and started gaining some clout, and I started seeing his name pop up quite a bit. I'm like, who's this guy in there? And he's really funny, and he was always responding to my comp to my thread, and my comments, and I was like, this is cool. It's like maybe he's just a crazy wild guy or something like that. But I was like, seems like a cool guy, and we we just started like tagging on each other's threads and posts and things like that. We go to to take up this opportunity. We were invited to come work with uh, Ryan Stuman at Apex. It was the launch of it. And at that time, we didn't really know what we were getting into. And we had a couple of challenges ahead of us. Most of the staff had either left or was terminated at that point because he had to set the core values and standards for what he wanted for the company. And then the other challenge was, Fresh blood. We were brand new and nobody knew who we were. And we were doing battle coming in. Drewby was coming in as sales and I was coming in as just, you know, client support and basically anything and everything. It was everybody's job to sell, to write and to go in and handle systems and processes. And at the end of the day, host events. Like it didn't matter. They were like all of the jobs were on the table for a very small crew. And I think it was probably maybe four or five of us that were working in the company at that point. But That's where me and Drewby came together, and one of the things that we did immediately was to do this thing called the Hot 9 at 9-ish. And the main objective was, number one, to get more content on the internet inside of the respective groups. And we did this in our Sales Talk with Sales Pros group. We did it five days a week, so Monday through Friday. We would go on live at 9.30 Sometimes it was an RV, which is hilarious now, Drew, because you're in an RV now. At that time, I was living in an RV because I was just being liberated from marriage. But our signals, my signal would cut in and out, but we would just roll and we would have guests on there and we had fun and we'd probably roll for about an hour to 90 minutes. And we did that for a total of 45 days. And out of that, we were able to feed our network for the next six months. So, 45 days, that's 45 hours. That's one working week. We created so much content. We were able to make the connection, allow people to get to know us. And that's where you really got traction to and started catching up on your sales, too. Like sales started coming in like a monster for you, which was fantastic. So, I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to let you take it from there. And I'm sure Jeremy's going to have some questions for you, too, stuff that's not published or public anywhere.
2: No, man. It's funny thinking back to the hot nine at 9 ish when I remember you and I, when we first came into Apex and we were kind of just going, hey, man, we got to figure this thing out. There's not a whole lot of like direction or SOPs or anything that exists now. It was you, me and, and a couple folks that were just trying to figure things out. And what we really knew was, hey, if we're going to get out there and help these people, which is our mission to help as many people as possible become the greatest version of themselves. The only way for us to do that is to get out and have conversation, right? To go out and shake hands and kiss babies and do all the things that you have to do. And you were one of those individuals, Danny, that said, hey, man, we got to get out there. We got to get on video. We got to do these videos and talk to people and and get into the community. And I went, man, I don't want to be on video. I don't want to talk to these people so much. Like, I'm kind of introverted. I don't really like social media. I'm just now starting to, like, post every day. And I was doing these little training videos for our phone sites community, so that's kind of how I got the opportunity. But I was like, "Oh, go live! What, what are we going to talk about?" And he said, it "Doesn't matter, man. We're just going to get on there and talk." <laughs> and so we did it. And you're like, "We're just going to host a radio show style. We're just going to go live, and we're just going to run." And it was cool because we really implemented the E3 method that we talk about in our Apex training, right? So we talked about, "Hey, let's what experiences did we have today?" What lessons can we extract from those experiences? And how can we tell stories that will educate and entertain our community? And ultimately, that's what media is all about. Are you educating? Are you entertaining the audience? And that's what turned us into being media monsters was, hey, we're just going to show up and make mistakes and get messy, as Ms. Frizzle says. And really what was great about it is that us being super vulnerable being very raw and authentic, going live from the RV, going live from the bowling alley, being out on a walk, wherever we may have been at the moment, it was just us saying, hey, we're going to be here. We're going to be consistent. And whether it's good, bad, or ugly, you're going to get what you're going to get. And so many of our audience um, really appreciated that because many of them were trying to take that journey also. They were a little nervous, a little hesitant to get online and create content because everyone has this kind of mentality of oh it's gotta be perfect, it's gotta be right. If I stumble over my words, I'm gonna have to re-record the whole thing. And then they just get super nervous and just it it snowballs on. We went the opposite route and we're like, hey, we're just gonna cut loose and let it rip. And in doing so, we found that refinement. We were able to understand and watch each other and look for those cues and say, okay, cool, it's my time to shut up and let them take the conversation. And, and building that interview process and learning how to do that made us better communicators. And becoming a better communicator, meant when we created written form content, it was more conversational and it was more in a way that made the reader, the reader really interested in hearing and looking at what we had to say. And so just the consistency of we're here, we're doing our thing, and we're doing exactly what we're going to teach you to do, and we're showing you as the example of what that will look like so many people said, well, okay, let's be part of it. I, I see you guys are doing it and you're getting success clearly. So how do I jump on and be a part of that train? How do I become a media monster like you? And this is what it's led to. Four years later, here we are. We're making way more money than we've ever made. Our relationships are better than they've ever been. We have people that literally reach out almost on a daily basis saying, hey, I saw that piece of content and it changed my life. Hey, I saw this post that you made and it inspired me to go and take action and do the things that I needed to do in my life. And, you know, that's really the whole purpose. How do we help more people become the greatest version of themselves? And by proxy, everything around us just continues
1: to get better. I I love it. And I think one thing that I really like, because I, I didn't know all of the hot nine at nine story. I didn't know it was actually both of you. I thought most of it was, um, I mostly saw Danny's stuff. So Whether I missed it or it went on beyond the 45 days, I don't, that's, I love that it happened that way. So, and you said something in there about like, we just got better by doing it. Um, And I think that people forget that so many times, like you just have to keep showing up and you have to keep doing it um, and keep practicing it and show up and not know what to say. What do I say on video? If we're just gonna have this conversation, like, I don't know. Like, I know that the three of us get this question all the time you guys were posting all these things or doing all these things. How do you figure out what to post? I don't know. I wake up today and I post because whatever happened yesterday or this morning or this afternoon, like that's what kind of inspired me. I'm curious what, how did you make the transition um, going from all of this kind of verbal and written content and it's moved you into the whole meme Lord world, but then also it's, it's moved you into this publishing world and, like multiple books. So like, you're not just using one form of media. You're like hitting everybody from all of these different media sources. So tell me what that process has been like for you.
2: You know, man, what's cool about that is it's actually been super efficient learning how to repurpose all of the media that we've created. And I think that's for me personally, one of the things that has allowed me to be very successful in what I've done so far in my life, because. I call it the caveman method, because I'm real good at going and seeing these big things that are going on and being like, how do I make that happen? And going, okay, well, that's the result that I want. And here are the tools and resources that are available to me. So like, let's just hobble some shit together and see what we can make work. And in creating the content, starting the podcast, learning how to do webinars, being a more eloquent communicator... I realize there's so many tools and resources out there where we can take one thing that we've done and allow it to make it into a multiple by utilizing it in different media forms. So the books, you know, originally I had my podcast and I was creating written content and part of building your authority and, and creating that recognition is to write a book. Because if you've written a book, you can say, Hey, I'm the best-selling author on this subject, whether it's sales or marketing or for me, it's teaching people how to crush their day. I'm the expert on that. I wrote the book on it. So instead of me handing you a business card at a meeting, I'm going to leave my book with my signature in it and my personal phone number and say, hey, I'm really excited to meet you. I look forward to building this relationship. Here's a copy of my book. I'd love for you to take a second to read it. Now you're going to know who you're working with so that when we start this relationship together, we're really going to have that that tie and that commitment. And, I mean, that's, way, that's a serious thing versus, you know, you have someone that left a business card like, oh, hey, I'd love your business. Call me. And to go with that, what I realized in creating the webinar was, hey, I can take this one-hour piece of content and I can have it transcribed. And I I had that transcription and thought, well, what if I just took this and broke it down and made it into like a little tactical ebook that I could give away as a lead generation form for myself with this training video? Because what I know for a fact is every audience has a different preferred form of communication and of reading certain types of content. So... Right now, the hot ticket thing is most people want short one to two minute videos, but they don't want to listen to the sound. They want to see the words on the screen because they want to be able to watch it while they're at work or in public, but they don't want people to know what they're up to. So it's like they want the cool video. They want it to look awesome and they want the words and the captions, but they don't want to hear the sound. But then there's the same kind of people that don't want any of that. They just want to hear the sound. So you have to have those different pieces of content for the different types of viewers and listeners. Mm -hmm. And when you start to recognize that you open up your ability to get your message in front of more people. Because if I know, Hey, 30% of my audience really loves seeing a long form post with a picture attached to it. Okay, cool. But that still leaves 70% of people out there that could be potentially interested in how I can help them solve their problem. So if I also know that, 30% 30% of my audience wants to watch a short video, then it behooves me to go out and make sure I'm creating that type of content. Now, am I an expert at short form video? Absolutely not. But I can go and create other pieces of content that we can use to repurpose into that. So if I've written a you know short blog post that I'm very confident in and has gotten a lot of engagement, well, then I can just go and take that same blog post and just record a short little video snippet Knowing that the content there is valuable, that people appreciate it, and then go and share that video on whichever platform makes the most sense. Because, again, on each social platform, there's a different type of viewer. There's a different type of audience. So when you start honing in on who are you speaking to, what kind of content are they engaging with, and where can you maximize your potential by investing your time and energy in creating that type of content that's how you get the exponential effect because then you can go like I did for my social media mastery book was, Hey, I did a one hour webinar training on a whim for some friends of mine in our phone sites group, but I made it, I made sure to record it. Cause I know anytime you could spit some viral piece of content, you never know. And then I downloaded it and said, well, let me get it transcribed. I'm making an ebook. And then the ebook came out and I was like, well, this is cool, but Hey boss, what if I took this ebook and I said, I made a webinar and turned it into a best selling book on Amazon within 30 days by implementing the exact steps that we teach in our program. And he said, well, damn, that's a cool idea, man. So that's what I did. I did a webinar on a whim, had it transcribed, turned it into a book, took all the training and evidence of things that we've taught within our program and just did exactly that blueprint. And within 30 days, I had a best selling book on Amazon from a one hour webinar by just utilizing the tools and resources that exist basically for free. Now, some of them I I paid extra for the speed, right? But all of the things that I did could have been done 100% for free. And that's how I became a second time bestselling author by just utilizing these different pieces of media and recognizing that there's a different viewer and audience for each piece and being intentional about putting it
0: out there. I think you just blew Jeremy's mind.
2: <laughs> did I just did I just break the whole internet, man? I think I you know. broke the whole I internet.
0: The roll. All right.
1: <laughs> like... T-Mobile just I was... came crashing down. It's yeah. game over. Ruby took yeah. over the internet. Yeah, I was like, Jeez, "What okay.
0: happened?" Yeah, yeah. I think there's a there's a glitch in the matrix in... and <laughs> and. That look on your face, Jerry. Cool like the
2: part about technology, though, right? Because it's imperfect, but if we leave this in there, it's raw and it's authentic, and whoever does end up listening to us, maybe it's one person, maybe it's 1,000, yeah. they're going to appreciate the fact that it was like, hey, man, yeah, shit happens. Sometimes the internet goofs up. One guy's in a camper. The other guy's got T-Mobile shit. It's just the way it be sometimes.
0: <laughs> yeah, in this case, it's two guys. I'm like, well, I'll try something out. I'll try anything one time, right? I was like, well, maybe T-Mobile internet will be great. Well... You know, we're still in our dating phase, so I'll get back to you on that. So, um, you know, Drewby, there there are a lot of things that you like put in there, and I hopefully hopefully people were taking notes on that. We might just take this episode and make it into another ebook, right? And make it a, like a lead funnel that ties into your best selling book and your course, because you know, like you just dropped seventeen million tons of nuggets, and there are a couple people going, "Where am I going to find the time to do that?" And and I want to share a story before we get into that, because. When Drewby was working with phone sites, he was still living in Ohio remote, and he had Kayla and Duder back home. Duder's is his little guy. You probably heard him in the background. Um, but they were living in Ohio, household set up, life was great, circle of friends. They, they knew where they lived. Like they were home, they were right where they belong, right? Places that, you know, when we're energetically tied to a place where we were born, we tend not to leave there, right? Um, so there is no reason or logic behind him. It made sense you know to pick up and go to Dallas but at that point when he was doing that leading up to that in preparation for that like listing the house getting it sold like Drew would take 125 mile bike rides and I would check in with him and be like hey man what's going on he's like oh you know I just I just rode 125 miles today but I sold three funnels I was like that's crazy I was like where he goes <laughs> I was at a pub drinking a pint with a guy that was on the ride with me and he happens to own like a tackle shop and I told him I'd make him a funnel. So like I made five, 600 bucks right there on the spot just by having a conversation, doing something I love to do anyways already, but also being able to offer something of value that would help support my family and help me get prepared for that move to Dallas. I want you to talk about your schedule because again, there aren't many people. Jeremy's probably got a similar schedule, but there's not many people that have the schedule that you do.
2: Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. And before I talk about my schedule, I will preface it with the reason I operate this way is because at one point someone asked me, they're like, "Hey, man, uh, how much is an hour of your time worth?" And at the time, I was making an hourly salary. I was making an hourly wage plus commission. So I was doing the math. I'm like, "Well, if I make four grand a month after commissions, and I work forty hours a week, it's like, all right, well, I'm worth twenty five bucks an hour." And I was like. I'm worth $25 an hour. Are you fucking kidding me? And so when you start to understand like your self-worth and you have this development path that you go on, that many of us, you know, in the entrepreneurial space have to go through, I started asking myself, well, Hey man, if I only had 24 hours left to live and someone was like, Hey, here's 25 bucks. I need you for the next hour. What would I say? Down to kick rocks. There's no way I'm just going to give up one of my last 24 hours for 25 bucks. That's ludicrous. But it also made me think that, hey, man, if we're not more intentional with our time, like nobody's guaranteed the next 24 hours, we could get off this call and get hit by a bus. Like, knock on wood, that doesn't happen. But realistically, anything can happen at any time. But a lot of us operate with this mentality that we have an unlimited timeline. Hey, I'll get to that later. I'll do that thing when I have this X other thing in mind or, you know, when when I retire, that's when I'll get to travel when I whatever. Well, there's always these excuses that we put in place. And so when I started realizing that the value of my time was about where my intentionality was spent utilizing it, I started understanding how I was going to get more stuff done. And so for me, my schedule looks like this. The alarm goes off at 4 a.m. every day. And the reason it goes off at 4 a.m. every day is because originally when I lived up in Ohio and my wife was still working and she was taking care, she was a nanny. And so, you know, we had our son. I had to get up and get my workout done before I had to get them up and ready for the day. So it was about time management. It was like, hey, I can't get up at six and go work out then because I need to be here to help my wife and my son get ready for their day. So it was like, hey, I'm going to get up at four. I'm going to go and do my workout because it's the thing I hate doing the most. If you don't know, I used to be over 300 pounds at one point in my life. Very unhealthy, very not taking care of myself. And so I had to start doing that first because if I don't do it first, I don't do it at all. It's real easy to be like, hey, man, like I'll just put the hard thing off until later this evening. And then you get to later in the evening and you go, yeah, fuck it. I'll do it tomorrow. And it doesn't get done. So for me, I have to work out first thing in the morning. So that's my day. I get up at 4 a.m. I take a big drink of water, I reach over and I grab my wife's butt and I thank God, my angels, that I'm still sitting next to her because God bless, I almost didn't have that in my life because I wasn't intentional with my time and I was very selfish with a lot of my decisions. So, hey, that's the first thing I got to do. Hey, she's right next to me. Thank God. Thank you, angels. Thank you. bodies. blessed. Let's get out here and do this. I go work out. And that's the first 60 to 90 minutes of my day is getting up, being grateful and then working out because I know. Gratitude is going to set me off on the right mindset. And if I go and work out and get that done, I'm going to feel like a winner. Because by 7 o'clock almost every day, I've been grateful. I've worked out. I've already created and posted content on social media. So, like, I'm already a couple hours ahead when most people are just getting out of their bed. From 7 to about 8 or 9 in the morning, that's typically family time. During the school year, one of my non-negotiables is taking my son to school. Even though it's a 25-minute drive directly out of the way, that drive time for us is personal time. We get to spend it. We listen to songs, we chat, we hang out, whatever. And in the morning before school, we have breakfast together. We talk about our day as a family. It's very, very important to me that I have what is as close to being a balanced life as possible. And so with that being said, there's certain areas that are important for me to spend my time in order for me to feel as though I've lived a fulfilling day and that I can go to bed saying, hey, I crushed the day before it crushed me. So, you know, I drop my son off at school. My work time, typically going to be any time from like 9 to 4, 9 to 5. That's an average work day for most people. But if I'm very intentional, I can go in at 8.30, knock all of my stuff out for the day and be done by 3.30. Because if you're very intentional with your time and you don't waste it, well, then you can get a lot more stuff done. And this is the way that I always look at it because after work, then I come home and I hang out with my family. And then when I've done hanging out with my family, I go to bed by nine o'clock because I got to get back up at four. And I only operate on six hours of sleep because this is the way my schedule is built. And not everybody wants to get up at 4 a.m. Not everybody's day can be scheduled around that because we all have different priorities and things in our life that are important. So let's look at it like this. If you know you only get 24 hours in a day, then we can assume that you're going to sleep at least six to eight of those hours. Like there's just everybody has to sleep. And six hours tends to be what most people can operate on, like for at least a short couple of years. And then it gets a little longer. I'm not here to tell you what you need. You need to figure that out for you. But assume six to eight hours of sleep. So now you're taking six off the top, let's say. That leaves you with 18 hours left in your day. And if we know there's a couple areas of our life that are important, let's just say there's three other areas. We got to break those up evenly. So what are those three areas? To me, it's my family first. Now, not everybody has family that they want to put first, so you can change that out for relationships. Like those two things are kind of interchangeable. Then you have your business because everybody knows you got to work and make money so that you can have the tools and resources you need to provide for number one, which is your family. And then the last thing we put is ourselves, which is kind of messed up because the first thing they tell you when you get on the airplane is if anything happens, put your own oxygen mask on first, because otherwise you become a burden to everybody else. And yet in our lives, family and relationships first, then our business, then ourselves, which is why so many people find themselves burnt out, out of shape unhappy because they're not prioritizing these areas of life and making sure that they're spending time adequately in each. And so for me, selfishly, I kind of put myself at the number one because if I can't show up for myself first and operate at my maximum capacity, I can't operate at a maximum capacity for my family, which is number two, and then the business, which is number three. But if I know, hey, I've got these three areas of my day that I need to be intentional about every single day, well, then I know I've got about six hours for each of those left over after I take six hours for sleep in a 24-hour day. So if you've ever spent six hours completely focused on one thing, you know how quickly that goes, but you also know how much you can get done in that six hours. Because if you've ever been like, hey, I got six hours to go and hang out with this beautiful lady, uh, my wife, I can have a lot of fun. We can do a lot of cool stuff in six hours. But if you waste that six hours, you can't get it back. And so that's why I look at every day when I wake up and that alarm goes off at 4 a.m., I go, cool, I got 18 hours to get shit done. And I know that in that 18 hours, I got three areas that are really, really important. And for me to live a, quote, balanced life got to break those up evenly. So I've got a couple hours in the morning for me, a couple hours for family. I sandwich all the work stuff that I can in the middle of the day as best as possible. And then I got a couple more hours for me and the family in the evening. And if I do this intentionally every single day, results have shown life gets better, which is why I'm live, you know, in a camper currently halfway across the country, because I've been very intentional with how I operate my life and my day. And so now I get to travel with my family, spend time with them, in a couple hours, I'll spend some time working, calling the damn leads, getting stuff done. And then I'll have a whole afternoon to hang out and go fishing and do cool shit again. But it's all back to the intentionality of how I run my day and spend my time. Because time is our most valuable resource, and so many people waste it. But if you become more intentional, you can get an exponential ROI.
1: I love that. And I think what I really love about it is it's it continues to be that theme of like you just continue to have the consistency and the intentionality and the showing up for yourself. I think many times people think of that 18 hours and they need to hustle or work hard for 17 hours. And then they leave that one hour for those other two areas. But like, we all know that if you even just take that simple math and take those 18 hours and divide it by three, that if you, the impact you're gonna have over time is gonna be so much greater. Um, I think something that you do really well, like with your crushing the day podcast, which is amazing, it's every single day, five days a week, you're consistently showing up. And I think one message that I hear from those all the time is like the legacy you're leaving for people is so huge. And like you, I think you just hit just over 750 episodes, right? That's huge. That's huge. So congratulations, by the way.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, I'm going to share something to go with this, and I think it fits well for this Media Monsters episode, because at one point I was, I don't know, 500 or so episodes into my podcast, and I'm kind of going like, man, does it make sense? I've got this podcast, I've got three or four others that I'm doing, I'm creating all this content, like, does it make sense to keep doing it? Or should I go and switch it to something else? And my mother-in-law, she says, hey, man, I don't know if you realize this. And she didn't even know I was having this thought. It was kind of a God moment, right? Uh, But my mother-in-law, she went, you know, your son is really, really blessed. Because, like, God forbid if you passed away, he has hundreds of these episodes of your wisdom Mm. that he can go back and listen to for the rest of his life. And I was like, damn, mom. That one hits deep (laughs) because you're right. As we said, we don't know what could happen. We could get out of this and get hit by a bus. But, you know, most people aren't creating any media or leaving anything for their kids or for their future generation. And when she hit me with that, I went, well, damn. Because if something does happen to me, I am going to be super blessed and appreciative of the fact that my son has 700 plus episodes of me talking for two to three minutes about things that are really, really important and lessons that I want him to have in his life because they're lessons that were important to me. And think about that. If you had someone in your life, maybe it was a grandfather or family friend or just someone that you knew who was always pouring wisdom into you and they passed away, you'd be heartbroken. Like that's, there's no doubt about it. But imagine if, all of those conversations that you were having, all that wisdom that they were sharing with you was recorded and you could go back and listen to it. Think about how powerful that would be. I mean, there's, it gets me a little teary eyed thinking about that having to be the case. But if you're someone who has been afraid to get out there and put yourself on video or create a podcast or write your book, think about the fact that it is your mark on the world and it's forever. I could be gone tomorrow and in 10 years someone could come back and start listening to my podcast. Some young boy who's like just a little baby right now. But maybe in 15 years he comes and he's like happens across my podcast one day and it's like changes his life. And then he goes on to cure cancer or do anything. Or maybe it's my son that does that. Like who knows? This content lives forever. And we're blessed right now with this opportunity in the world and society that we live in where it's never been easier to create that content and put your message out there. And so if you're listening to this and you're nervous or you're worried about it, I want to encourage you to just get over that and just put it out there because you never know who you're truly going to affect with your message. And most people that listen to a podcast like this or are on an entrepreneurial journey, their whole point is legacy. And Legacy is about creating something that lasts forever. And what better way than to start your podcast or to write your book? Because those live on forever. The internet's here, baby. It ain't going nowhere. So, like, put it out there and let it free. And it'll come back in so many ways that you never even imagined. The stories, the random messages. You wake up and you got, like, 10 paragraphs from someone that talks about how they heard your episode or saw that thing that you put out. And it absolutely changed their life it kept them from taking their life or committing some sort of act that isn't going to benefit them in any way. And I'm not saying that you're doing it for that reason, but you're going to find that just doing things for the right reason and just getting out there and sharing your story with the, the people who are willing to listen. There's a lot of wisdom in this world. It's up to you to put it out there.
0: Yeah. With that, Drew B, That's, that's a great way to end the episode. I can't say anything more than that, except for if people want to connect with you, where can they find you?
2: Best place to find me is go to droobywilson.com. I've got all my social media. I've got free trainings on there, blog posts, access to all of my books, all of the good stuff that's out there. You turn me into a media monster, fellas, so I put all my good stuff over at droobywilson.com for everybody to come and find
0: it. <laughs> That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Make sure you check us out too on uh, YouTube. If you're listening to this online and just the audio, go to Media Monsters 1111. That's our YouTube channel. You can always see our beautiful, shining faces there, and you'll be able to see Drewby Doo Wilson, or as we like to call him by his government name, because that's the only way to get a block of government cheese is Andrew Wilson. Um, apparently, that's standard issue when we're born here. Nobody told me you get free blocks of cheese. Anyways. Um, We want to thank you for joining us. If you need any uh, suggestions, tips, or anything like that, make sure you follow us on our Media Monsters page on Facebook. And until next time, keep being a Media Monster. Rawr!